Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy. Oh, Scotch Guestman coming to you on a wonderful Thursday, January 14th. Uh, LA Galaxy gets some signings under their belt. The roster's starting to fill up, so we're going to talk about that. I uh, got an update on Christian Pavone. Going to talk about John Klinsman and some David Bingham. We have second kit colors that have been released. We'll talk about that and tell you something about the first kit as well. And then a roster update coming. So we're going to update the roster, talk about a whole bunch of stuff to do it. All right, help me do all that. The hammer himself, Eric the Portuguese Hammer. How's it going, buddy? It's, it's going very it's, it's, well. I'm glad to be back. Uh, you know, more off-season hot talk. You know, I feel like I say, yeah, I say this all the time. How are we going to fill an hour? And then we have two new signings, some uniform updates, plenty to talk about. The, it's, the Galaxy are officially 365-day-a-year subject that we can fill, fill plenty of content with. Somebody, somebody said, hey, could you do a podcast about the LA Galaxy every single day? And I'm like, Absolutely. yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it could, would it be an hour long? Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> you would, could you could you do like a whole radio seg? You know how like radio shows are normally like three hours or so, three or four yeah. hours in block. Somebody asked me, could you do a whole radio show every single day, filling three hours talking about the LA Galaxy? I mean, we're in the off season, so the answer is yeah, probably we could we could do that. Not, <laughs> yeah, not absolutely. I think with with Chicharito's Instagram and and that that's enough to keep us fueled for at least an hour, and then you can yeah, add everything else on top of that. Yeah. It is absolutely. Well, we hope everybody's doing, uh, staying safe, uh, doing well, staying healthy. Um, a lot of stuff going on around California. I know that. So, uh, so hopefully keep our fingers crossed, uh, or we're, we're coming through this. I don't, I don't see that, but I'm going to just pretend blind optimism, uh, that we're going to go through this. So, uh, a lot of stuff swirling around the LA galaxy. Uh, there are certainly some Christian Pavone rumors. I want to start there. We, we, we have to talk about this. This is, you know, the elephant in the room. If you listen to the Monday show, Kevin and I went through and told you sort of uh, about the allegations and the sexual assault allegations uh, le- levied at Christian Pavone. Uh, we told you about how they went and, and released something for his lawyer, basic or from the lawyers saying, you know, that they're fully cooperating and they're going to make sure um, that all this stuff is is taken care of. Um, and you know, that they're, they're not afraid of this and that they think the accusations are false. Um, so we saw that. And if you certainly, if you listened on Monday, you heard my take, Eric, which is their LA galaxy aren't under contract with Pavone. Don't need this. Don't need to take the risk and don't need to do any of that stuff. In in my opinion, they, they, they put down, they put down the pencil and the pen and they just put it down on the table and they just walk away from the table and they go and they find other options and they go and they just move on with their lives because this is not the PR nightmare that they want to dive into, you know, cause you don't know what's going on. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on it? People heard me, you know, go on for like an hour about it on Monday. Yeah. My, mine were, were kind of similar. Cause I, I believe the news was either Saturday evening or Sunday morning uh, when the allegations came out and I kind of, uh, you know, to be fair, and I'll be honest with myself and critique myself, I maybe rushed to judgment a little bit and said, you know, if these allegations are going, then Pavone just can't be an option moving forward. You have to take these allegations seriously. And if it turns out to be true, like you said, I, I made the same point. There's no current ties to him. So if there's no current ties to him and there's even a small percentage of, of, of a chance that this is something that could be true, then it's it's not worth the risk, in my opinion. I think, uh, you know, given on how a lot of these things play out and there's a delay, uh, you know, there's 
a reason why there's a delay for these allegations to come out. Oftentimes, uh, out of fear, uh, there's there's a lot of different things. You know, uh, retaliation. There's a lot of different reasons why there are delays. So it's uh, you know the the argument that why wait a year? Why wait until this time? You know, there's there's been a lot of theories or a lot of uh, cases where th- that's been the opposite. But I, I think with recent things that have come to light, and uh, you know, he is denying it, and the things that we've seen, uh, how we've seen and had interactions with Christian Pavone, and the evidence that appears to be being brought forward by the accuser, things don't necessarily look as cut and dry. Like that's a simple, you need to walk away. So it, it does get into that that choppy water territory. But I think, you know, that's why the galaxy maybe were right to kind of hold off. And maybe I rushed to judgment a little too quickly. And that's why you wait and see how these things, uh, pan out. And, and right now it looks like, uh, you know, Pavone's not a hundred percent in the clear, but it looks, it looks a lot less damning than, it, than the initial, uh, allegations seem to be. Well, the, the, the big sort of, and I want to say revelation or, or, or thing that yeah. was released today, um, was that, uh, the accuser put out on her Instagram and that's how she's been leveling most of these charges and, and talking, um, and, and trying to really tag Boca and get Boca to respond and do a whole bunch of things. Uh, she released a picture of her and Christian Pavone together. I am not a forensic photograph analyzer. I want to make that clear. I can only use my two eyes the best that I can. And sometimes I can't even tell that it's Eric over there that I'm that I'm talking to. So um, there's 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 certainly some level of, you know, this is what I'm seeing. And I'll tell you what I see whenever I see the picture. Uh, I don't see Christian Pavone. <laughs> it really doesn't yeah. look like um, I mean, the hairline is different and yeah. changed. And that was supposedly a year ago or or two years ago, I guess, 2019, yeah. uh, December of 2019. So really, it's a year, um, December of 2019. And, and right around um, now we're in January of 2021. So really just a little over a year uh, ago that his hairline has changed. Um, the, the, the face facial changed. features, a, yeah, the face changed well, because, probably because it might not be him. Yeah. And so that's, that's the thing, like you said, we're not forensic experts, but if that's the evidence that, you know, is being brought forward, it really doesn't look great. And you don't want to make light of, of any of these situations, but it just, you know, uh, there, there were some pictures recently where, you know, some of the Capitol protesters showed, took a picture, a selfie with Chuck Norris. And it's like, that's definitely not Chuck Norris. And it just had that right. same kind of vibe, that feel like, here's my picture to prove that it was Christian Pavone. And you look at it and it's like, that does not look like Christian Pavone. Uh, so so if that's the evidence, it, it doesn't look like it's either, you know, case of the wrong identity situation, uh, you know. You you hate to say it and you hate to see things like this, but it's not un, you know not uncommon when there's a celebrity moving forward that there's possible extortion things, you know that come forward. So so who knows what it is, but it looks uh, the evidence that's being pushed forward isn't necessarily it doesn't doesn't look very strong. I, I want to say a hundred percent from from my side. I'm not saying I've changed my mind at all. I still don't think the LA Galaxy should be anywhere near this. Um, you're not under contract. He's not your player. You do not have to stand behind him. He's a great player. I'm not going to say he's he's a potential MVP of, of Major League Soccer on a good team. I know that uh, he is better than most of the players in Major League Soccer. He probably doesn't deserve to play there for very long if he does end up coming. So um, I will I, I, I'm still in the camp of there's there's no reason to even risk this. I mean, OK, let's say we're wrong about the picture. You know, and, and this all comes down. And now, so yeah. the LA Galaxy have gone out and spent anywhere between eight and ten million dollars. Um, and then he comes onto the team, and you have to deal with this PR nightmare after you had Katai with the PR nightmare before. It just, for me, there's so little 
upside outside of the fact that you could have a potential MVP and he could help you win an MLS Cup. I mean, you know, if winning is everything, <laughs> that's then, a, that, 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 that's a pretty big upside, right? That, that is a big upside and that that's an argument for, but you, you said it and you took the words right out of my mouth. It's, and then there's winning and then there's wanting to run the, win the right way and have a certain type of culture of your club. And, uh, I, I believe, uh, Kevin mentioned it on Monday, the galaxy, you know, hold themselves differently than some other clubs. So I think holding yourself to a higher, higher standard isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm also seeing some people in the chat who maybe haven't seen the photo. I guess it was deleted. Uh, but if you go to the discord, discord remembers all, uh, so the Discord, I believe, has it posted, or if you ask around for it, it, it is in there. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate the situation. I think if, no matter which way you look at it, I think you're 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 right when you say if they wanted to drop it and and keep moving and move away from it because you don't even want that, you know, one per tenth of a percent of a chance, and because then that could come back and you have to buy your way out of it again, like you did had to do with Katai. Um, so, so that'd be fair too. But if you look at the evidence that's being presented forward, you take the relationship that you have with the player and, you know, his legal team, if he feels like he has, uh, you know, a lot of legs to stand on and the club wants to back their player, that's fair too. I don't think you can get mad at the club for, for making that decision either. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've, I've gotten into it recently. Somebody wanted to, you know, compare this to the Kobe Bryant situation. And I said, you know, you didn't spend hundreds of million dollars and he's already under contract. That's not what has happened. You literally can walk yeah. away and it costs you zero dollars and With you never no have text. to come back. All right. That's hey, do you kicker. want me to do some? Do you, do you want me to do some reporting now instead of me just babbling on in circles about why I still <laughs> believe that I'm right from, from Monday? Let's do let's do that as, as so what's well. Next? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the LA Galaxy are watching the situation closely. They don't want to make any decisions without um, without understanding all the facts, which I think is fair. And certainly there's some time here to be able to figure that out. Um, you know, it, it feels like there's not a lot of time, and that's if the league actually starts on time. However, we don't think the league's actually going to start on time, so there's probably a lot more time in there. So, you know, the, the Galaxy seem to be preaching patience at this time right now, which is patience. We're going to look at the facts. We're going to say it. Um, you know, they're certainly aware of situations, uh, especially in Argentina, where extortion is the case. Um, and so that's they're keeping that open and, and an open mind. OK, so knowing that that's the the LA Galaxy mindset and and Kevin said on Monday that they were still in the dis discussion so i think that my reporting sort of just trails right along that they're they're thinking about it they're milling it over mm -hmm. nobody's in any rush let's talk about what actually happened uh today with Boca and Christian yeah. Bavone and that is that uh Christian Bavone went and i have been able to to at least uh let's see how do i say this the LA Galaxy certainly believe that this is true that's what I'm going to say is that Christian Bavone has told Boca he doesn't want to play for them. That was reported today on Twitter, a bunch of different places that Christian Bavone went up, uh, told the coach at Boca and said, hey, listen, um, you're cool. You're nice. I think you're you're a fun guy to be around, but uh, I don't want to be here and I'm out. Uh, I do not want yeah. to play for Boca. And and by going that, Eric, and by saying I don't want to play for Boca, he's done a couple things. He's put himself on an island now. Which yeah. is, if you say you don't want to play for that team and you're there in Argentina, then you're a persona non grata anymore. You're not, you should not be there. They don't want you there. Um, so that's yeah. one thing. And he probably can't stay in Argentina either. So he's really made his choice that he wants to not play there. Doesn't mean to play for the LA Galaxy. Um, although that, I think that's certainly his, per, his preference right now. Uh, but that's something. So he said it. Uh, he wants out. He doesn't want to play for Boca anymore. Uh, that is that is at least verified to the point of that that you know the LA Galaxy believe that's true. 
Yeah, if, and if you're the LA Galaxy and someone who's making decisions, you you really have all the leverage in this situation. We we speculated that the Galaxy had all the leverage going into this because, uh, you know, he, we were told that he wanted to stay in LA. But if he's explicitly come out and said that to the Boca Juniors coach, um, you know, and, and with everything else that's kind of swirling and going around, then the Galaxy truly do have all the leverage because um, at the moment it also looks like there are no other offers for him at this time. So that was the one dark horse was if the galaxy aren't going to be able to get this deal that they want on Pavone at a lower, at a reduced rate, you know, we were hearing between eight and $10 million that that's where they wanted to settle and they weren't going to go any higher. The, the danger of that was there can be another club with deeper pockets. Who's going to come in and swoop them away. and, And that would be that, but it doesn't look like that's the case. So with no other suitors, a player who's made it, you know, he has explicitly said that he doesn't want to play for the team where he's at right now. The Galaxy right. really can call all the shots. And and like you said, with the the work stoppage that's possible of happening and the, the season not looking like it's going to start, you know, at the, at the end of the month, like, uh, you know, some people are saying, then they really, they, they have time to wait this out. And if this is something that drags out a month or two, um, I think that's, that works in the Galaxy's favor. And then you always have backup plan. And I, I think I mentioned this last week, um, you know, butts and seats, you're not going to have fans in the stands until the summer. So you really can wait until the summer to make that big flashy DP move. If it doesn't work out with Pavone, you really have until the summer to make that move. So I think all the leverage is in the galaxy's hand here. It it feels that way. And they have the ability to, to sort of wait it out. I will tell you the LA galaxy are looking at other options as well. Uh, not all the eggs in the Pavone basket. Um, so, uh, you know, an understanding that they have other options, that they have an open DP spot. I mean, there's some there's some reason to be excited about all of those things. So um, we'll see where it sort of goes. I mean, Eric, I think the biggest biggest thing for me is that I am torn between bringing back Christian Pavone, known commodity, known what he knows, know what he can do, understand it's going to cost the galaxy a lot of money, but maybe not as much as, you know, originally thought, maybe somewhere between eight and ten million dollars, which is a lot. Um and uh, I'm torn with the the unknown hope that is out there, right? Yeah. Like you could maybe you could get somebody better than Christian Pavone. Maybe you could get somebody who pairs really <laughs> well with Chicharito. Maybe you could get a second striker, and then all of a sudden you're playing, you know, you're playing a four four one one, and it, like all these things start. We it's it's you know we we joke about it. It's the hope that kills you. It is the yeah. stuff in there. It is the little bits of things that you look at and say, well, you know, the galaxy could improve here or they could improve there. Um, so there are things to look at there whenever you, you go, but, uh, it's hard to turn down the known quantity, which is Christian Pavone knowing how good he is. Is that, does that seem fair? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And then another, uh, check in the four column for Pavone is, uh, if Vanny has made it clear that this is going to be a, a two, three year project before the galaxy really become serious contenders, maybe they're not contenders next year with Pavone's age. If you offer him, you know, a longer term deal or maybe something that's, you know, three years, you can have him as that consistent backbone to build your team around, uh, you know, someone with his talent. I think if you're building around him and putting players in that, you know, he compliments well, I think that's, it's easier to fill that in than it is to to try to bring someone in new who's going to be the all-star that's going to bring it all together. I think Pavone could be someone that you can build a team around. Uh, and then, then the elephant in the room becomes, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos and, and Javier Hernandez. It's they're now taking up DP slots. So do you find other ways uh, to get around that as well? I think that's, that's no secret that, uh, you know, at least around galaxy circles that I talked to getting Jonathan 
into that TAM level and freeing up that TP, DP slot, that'd be a dream scenario. So then you could bring in someone else, but that's later down the road. And I, I don't know how realistic that is, uh, but I, but I think you, you do eat up the third DP spot with Pavone, but at the same time, if you're building for the future and Chicharito and uh, Dos Santos maybe go on later on and you still keep Pavone, th- that, that'd be a piece that you'd want to keep around soccer-wise. Yeah, the, the JDS-TAM uh, hypothetical Horatio that we play around um, <laughs> is, it's, is one of those... I, I, actually, I honestly think that it may have been me who started that rumor, too, that it's something the Galaxy could do. It's a hypothetical case. Nobody's actually ever done that. Um, we haven't seen it with the buy-down with extra years, but because MLS is all about the... Uh, the average of the contract years, it is at least in my mind technically feasible. I don't know if the MLSPA and I don't know if Major League Soccer, I don't know if Don Garber would sit there and go, no, Josh, you can't do that. Don and I don't yeah. really talk much. Veto. Anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he may just he offer uh, you a billion dollars. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so, so I mean, that that's sort of where you say, I don't, it, it's a theoretical idea, but it has never been proven to actually be a thing. So we'll see if, you know, the Galaxy. By the way, I, I think Jonathan Dos Santos is out of contract after this year. Is that five years finally? Did we finally make it five years? Yeah, um, maybe four. I want to say yeah, it was, it, it was a tw- 2017. So it was maybe. Yeah, so, so maybe one more year after that. But at the same time, to my point, he'd go before Christian Pavone's contract would be up. So you'd be betting on Pavone rather than Dos Santos and hoping in Pavone's second or third year is when you bring in that final piece as opposed to, you know, making it all, try to make all the, the square square pigs fit in the round hole now. Uh, yes. Um, it's, I think it's five seasons. So you have to count the 2017 season. So 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21. Okay. After 2021. So yeah. You, you but, it, me. but it could be like the summer. It, it could go around again to the summer because he was a mid season. I don't know if they gave him straight up five years or if they gave him like four and a half, who knows? Cause we never know the actual contract. We thought he was done like forever ago and he just keeps <laughs> showing. He's Jorgen Shelvick without, with, without being Jorgen Shelvick. He's, he's Jonathan Dos Santos. He's a well-liked Jorgen Shelvick. Yes, much better. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see. Um, okay, so that's where we sit with Christian Pavone. That's sort of where I stand. Now, the LA Galaxy came out, and if you were listening on Monday, we told you the LA Galaxy would be announcing the Villafania signing, which they have, and we told you that they would be announcing the Jonathan Bond signing, which they have. Uh, we thought Jonathan Bond would be on Wednesday. Instead, it was on Thursday. So as we were recording today, it was announced this morning. We thought Villafania would be Tuesday. It was Tuesday, so we just got one of those right. Um, as it goes. So via Fania is, um, is an interesting signing. So let's start there. I know we've talked about him uh, on a bunch of different shows, but now actually signing actually with the LA galaxy, uh, he's expected to take up the left back role. He is expected to take over for Insua and Sua is it, for all, uh, for all the information that I can find Insua is not coming back and it wouldn't make any sense for him to come back because one is, I believe via Fania is going to be a an expensive signing. It's not cheap. It's not like you got him for $250,000. Uh, I believe he was making somewhere around $600,000 with Portland in 2019, the last year that we had numbers. So even if he takes a dramatic pay cut, you're still looking anywhere between 375 and 450 in my opinion. So it's not 
it's not outside the realm of, you know, of possibility that he's still that expensive. I think some people thought, you know, that they were getting him for like $225,000. And that's just, that's not the case. He is a more expensive signing on the defensive side than I think a lot of people expect. But that's okay because he brings a wealth of knowledge about the league. He's been in the league for a very long time. Uh, he knows how to win. He's won an MLS Cup. He won um, in in Liga MX as well. Whenever he was there, um, they won a championship with the with the club he was with there. And then he came back and you know, they, hey, you can make fun of the MLS's back tournament all you want, but Portland won the MLS's back tournament in difficult situation. He has the mindset there, um, and now that you see that, uh, Viafania could very well be a very important part. At 31 years old, Eric, the wheels are starting to get a little rusty. But they're not; they haven't fallen off yet. And he was a good player yeah. whenever he played against the LA Galaxy. So, I mean, I can't see a downside to this. I feel like they're saving money on Insua, um, even if it's a straight swap out. It's a win because Insua took up a, an international slot and Viafania didn't. But I expect Viafania takes up less. So, I mean, what are your your initial thoughts on on Viafania? If you would have cut yourself off, just twenty five seconds. I was ready yes. to make those points that <laughs> that even well, though just, uh, <laughs> even though uh, you know Insua is is gone, and even if you think Insua is you know at equal level, this doesn't take up an international slot. And if if you think you know five hundred thousand uh, or six hundred thousand, whatever he was making in Portland, if you think that's expensive, Insua was very likely making a lot more than that. So you're still saving in the long run uh, by switching to Villafania. And I I think. Um, you know what? What the signing reminds me of him being an Anaheim native. It's kind of like that Sasha Kluschen signing from last year, uh, and, and you know the, Sasha Kluschen made a, a very positive impact with the team, I think. But maybe on the field wasn't where that positive impact was. But I think being 31 and being having a lot more minutes and reps under his belt that he can still put in full 90 minute performances as compared to someone like a Kluschen. I think you're going to get that same you know, passion of someone who wants, who's back home, excited to be back home, having that little extra pl- pride for playing for the Los Angeles club and then have being able to, to contribute and do a good job, uh, and participate and be, you know, uh, a, a great source on that left, on that left side of, of, uh, that left back position. Because if you, if you look at his highlight reel and what he does well, it's pushing up, sending crosses in, being a part of the buildup and then transition in the offense. Uh, you know, obviously as a defender, you, you, you make your defensive plays, but the way the game is played now and, and what we've seen in recent years, that's really where your, your outside backs bring the most value is moving forward. And he's proven that he could do that. So that to me is what makes him ex- an exciting signing. All right, the chat room is. It feels like they have once again outed me as not knowing my LA Galaxy history. Um, they have they have pointed out that Jonathan Dos Santos um, was, or excuse me, Giovanni Dos Santos was brought in as a designated player. Omar Gonzalez was a designated player at the time, but he was converted down to Tam. Now listen to the words I just said. He was converted down to Tam. Because his salary, while it was more than the maximum budget, which qualifies you to be either a designated player or, at the time, the brand new targeted allocation money, it did not go above the ceiling of the targeted allocation money, which is why they basically were able to say, hey, we know we had you as a DP, but now with all this money, we can just say you're a targeted allocation money player. That is not the the same same salary. 
Yeah, that's yeah. it's same salary and it's just under Tam. That is not the same situation as Jonathan Dos Santos, whose salary is above the max ceiling of the targeted allocation money. And you would have to give him more years at a lower rate. And that's the object here is the more more years at a lower rate to convert him to a targeted allocation money player while he still has a year left on his contract. That's the impossible parts that we've never actually seen anybody do. It, theoretically, yeah. it works because of the average. But I'm not sure MLS sees that as as the the way it actually does. So um, I win once again. I'm at least I'm smart <laughs> for this like two seconds. Anyway, back to Viaconia. Yeah. So um, this makes a lot of sense to me. Again, a local guy. So I imagine you got a local discount. Um, I I personally believe that this deal had been in in the works for a long time. So I don't believe this is a straight up. Hey, I want to play for Greg Vanny. This was a straight up. I want to play for the LA Galaxy and play in front of my fr- you know friends and family from Anaheim. Um, so, you know, in my mind, uh, it makes sense. The player wants to be here. Sasha question. Um, it's just, it's one of those, one of those places where you can look and say, um, I think the LA galaxy did a good job. I think this is a good signing. Uh, I thought people Gonzalez was a good signing. As a matter of fact, people Gonzalez was a good signing. There's nobody here who doesn't make that choice. It just hasn't worked out. Sometimes that happens. Um, sometimes you sit there and you go, okay, these, this, everything makes sense. And now you're going to go ahead and, 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 and do it. And then the player doesn't perform Eric. Uh, and, I was, and all hope is not lost on people. Gonzalez. There He's was a, a glimmer. There was a glimmer of hope, uh, that he may have figured it out and shifting him to that right center back position may be, uh, beneficial. So there, <laughs> if you're a complete Homer like me and throws all caution to the wind in this, in this preseason when nothing else counts and there's no games and no evidence to throw against you, you could argue maybe, maybe we get a, a, a bounce back season from people or we finally start to get the people that we, we thought was going to show up. It's still possible, not likely, but still possible. I'm, you know what? I'm team people this year. I think, I think people's <laughs> going to have a good, good year. Hey, listen, I mean, we're going to go over the roster here, and I'm going to tell you that the LA Galaxy need another center back, and then I'm going to tell you that they don't need a starting center back. They need a backup center back, another backup center back. That's what I'm going to tell you. And then all of you are going to go, oh, my God, this guy, yeah. he's a moron. Just I'm going to monitor the chat. You have you have a starting you have a starting lineup. We'll get to that as well. So uh, anyway, Viafania comes in. Um, you, you look at the left back role right now um, without Insua. Um, he's. He's he's gone. Uh, you're going to have uh, Danny Acosta, Danilo Acosta. He's coming back. Um, you expect him to be the, the backup left back. You have Didi Traore, who is the backup backup left back. Uh, what the LA Galaxy need on the right side is is a backup right back um, because they have a starting right back in Julian Araujo. But see, the backup right back is is more important because we know Araujo's not even going to be here for very much of this time. He's going to be gone for considerable amounts of time. So the backup mm. right back, ends up being way more important than the three left backs that you already have on the roster. I mean, that's and, you know, and just, again, the, jumping ahead. And this is something that would be upsetting to Galaxy fans. It definitely would be upsetting if Julian Araujo is listening. Uh, you, your backup right back, really, you should be bringing in a starting right back. And, and you know, maybe Araujo is kind of like your backup. And I'm using, you know, air quotes here. Uh, Araujo is your backup because, you know, he's not going to be with the team, you know, for the next five years. So you bring in someone who can be a starting caliber right back, uh, understanding. And then maybe they, if they're okay with backfilling or maybe you under you say you're going to split, split a lot of time this season because, uh, Julian's going to be gone. So I, I think you're really looking for a starting, a starting level right back. Maybe you're probably gonna have to go older though, right? Because you can't get a starting yeah, level that's right fair. back 
that's young or or in in prime because technically they're not the starter because Araujo has to be the starter. You're developing that talent. He has to be the starter. But you're right. He's not here. So I think like someone like Villafania is, is a, a Villafania type. You can get someone like that of that caliber uh, maybe isn't that. Uh, household name, but someone who's a league veteran knows their way around has been a starter at other teams. I, I think there's, there are players out there that you can get to fill that role. Going to be interesting. All right. So Viafania signs. Um, we know that the LA galaxy, I mean, <laughs> I had people arguing with me. I, <laughs> my life sometimes it drives me. I don't, I don't know. You know, this is obviously my cross to bear. I'm, I'm certainly not complaining, but people want to argue with me that Viafania is not a good signing because the LA galaxy had to get up and give up a number six draft, number six overall draft pick. And I'm like, when has the draft been useful? What since Tommy Meyer was drafted by the LA Galaxy was the last time it was actually useful? Um, unless you're getting one of the top three spots, you're probably not getting somebody who can impact your MLS team. People are skipping college to play at academies and play overseas and do other things. So the college draft is is lacking. I, I think a lot of that developed talent anymore. Um, even yep. when the LA Galaxy had one of the better picks, uh, recently, Eric, who, who did they pick? T- Tomas Hilliard Arce. So I think this is where I thought you were going to steal my thunder here, but I, I get, to, I get to say it. the, the, the draft picks are useless. <laughs> they're, they, they're hit or miss. You never know what you're going to get. And even when you do have a top pick, there's no guarantee that it's going to pan out. You look at someone like Tomas Hilliard Arce, who is already out of the league. Look at someone like João Montinho, who was the number one pick before uh, Hilliard Arce. He ended up getting traded. He's in Orlando. Some of the players who have been successful, uh, Chinishiki uh, in Colorado, Mason Toy, who's in Minnesota, Chris Mueller. And those were later picks. And I think that's, that's almost in favor of the galaxy that maybe you get lucky. One of these guys drops because they're not, they're kind of that diamond in the rough. Maybe they, they fall into the radar and that's someone who you <laughs> maybe can make work. It, it's not usually those top picks in college it, for one reason or another. It just, it doesn't really, it doesn't really translate and that they're not super successful. So I think getting rid of a draft pick and the way, the way trends are going, I just don't see I don't see the draft being a viable option moving forward. I think the Galaxy, with the academy that they've built up and the type of players that they're bringing in, uh, bringing in at 16 years old, 15 years old, going through the academy, getting their reps with Galaxy 2, I think that's where the Galaxy is building. The draft really d- doesn't matter for them. So the LA Galaxy gave up a... By the way, again, I, I, got, I was actually getting argued with about this, but the LA Galaxy gave up a number six overall, so natural selection number six, uh, pick first in the first round for a number 16 overall selection in the first round. So they dropped what 10 spots um, and they got via Fania. I'm telling you right now, MLS has this rule that whenever you play trade play, uh, whenever you trade players who are under contract, that something has to be exchanged. You have to give something. That's why sometimes it's like $50,000 in general allocation money, nice round number and it's done, you know, that type of thing. And in this case, it was less than that. It was two first round draft picks where you dropped 10 spots. All right. Yeah. In any <laughs> league. Well, see, that's not even true. I mean, you know, in every other American sports league, the draft actually means something. 
Um, in Major League Soccer, it has stopped meaning something. So this means nothing. The draft picks were sort of like, here you go, and here you go. You know, it's like changing cards on a table. It was it was nothing. And now you have Viafania. So the LA Galaxy got Viafania for nothing, and he was under contract. And basically, Portland wanted to wanted to rid the, themselves of his contract number. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, and that's why More they wanted the draft pick. Yeah, exactly. More than the draft pick. They don't care about the draft pick. I mean, watch. They'll probably pick the guy who starts and everybody well, will be like, I told you. <laughs> and that, that's the the funny thing is now I think the chat is blowing up with all the all the people from the, the super draft who have had successful, who have been successful recently in MLS. And it's not that they're not in there. It's just it's not like the NBA or the NFL draft where, you know, you're getting a full class of, of people who are contributors for the team. You're getting four, maybe five players out of the whole draft who end up, you know, being, being a, a strong part of their team. It's not, it's not a large number. It's a, it's a low risk proposition to get rid of those picks. They can't all be Charlie rug. Eric. They can't all be Charlie. <laughs> right. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, so that's what you get with v- Viafania. Again, I think he's going to be good. Uh, veteran leadership knows how to win. Greg Vanny will use him well. Um, you can just you can just sort of feel that. Now let's talk about um, the other signing the LA Galaxy had, uh, Jonathan Bond, and of course all the James Bond jokes have already been made. We made them on Monday. We didn't stop you guys from starting them all over again today. Whenever he was announced, uh, he's six foot five, one hundred and fifty pounds. By the way, <laughs> let's let's just break this down let's for a second, it. okay? Yeah, the physics. Yeah. Uh, so I am five eleven and three quarters, but let's round it down. All right, I, nobody really cares about that quarter of an inch anyway. Who wanted to be six foot? Not me. Five eleven. Let's just call me five eleven. So I am six inches shorter than um, than Jonathan Bond. Okay, fine. That's good. Not a problem. I understand that. Half a foot shorter. Uh, I weigh fifty pounds more than him, and he was six inches taller than me. If the wind blows real hard, does he just fall float away? Is he gone? Is is that what is that what happens? I mean. <laughs> Six foot five, a hundred. That has to be a typo. He has to weigh one eighty. There's no way I, I, you could be six foot five, a hundred and fifty pounds, Eric. That doesn't make sense. I, I think you're you're looking at this like the the regular dude looking at it. I think these are professional athletes, and I actually had someone send me a message today. Uh, you know, Jonathan Bond per his Instagram. Not afraid of a shirtless, a shirtless pick. So we may have Rolf's replacement uh, on Instagram already. So I think someone what like that who it's 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 lean, it's muscle. We'll we'll find out if he can sing. It's lean, okay. it's muscle, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. If you look at someone like Bingham, you look at Jonathan Klingsman. The, that's the body type for a goalkeeper. It's long, it's lean. That spider, daddy long legs look. And I think for a goalkeeper, that's okay. It's fine. It, you know, you want someone who's who's long and, and has big limbs. Uh, and you know, is, doesn't carry a lot of weight. That's I think that's a good thing for the goalkeeper position. So I'm not as worried about that as you are. I don't know why, but I'm cracking up with you explaining these wafer thin like wisps of of goalkeepers um, and and everything. It's a uh, it's all right. It's all fun. It's fun for me. I enjoy it. Um, but no, you you look at Jonathan Bond, and uh, this is an interesting player for me, Eric. This is an interesting signing for me. Um, only because yeah, six foot five, 150 pounds. Sure. There's there. Um, the, the bigger part of this is, you know, he's a former Welsh, 
uh, international youth international. He's a former English youth international. Um, he has some experience there. We've talked about him playing in league one. So the third tier of English football, uh, we've talked about him playing in the championship. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of EPL experience except for the fact that he played, I think in 15 cup games, uh, overall. Uh, so he does have some of that experience. Uh, he's a guy who's been playing for their reserve team. So I am very much a, I like to see guys who play. And so this makes me a little nervous that he doesn't seem to be playing a lot, but he is playing. It's just not at the top level of, of wherever he was at. So reserve team, uh, league one championship, that type of thing. I think all that's fine though. 27 is still youngish in keeper years Mm -hmm. for guys who play till they're like 45. Um, so I can see Jonathan bond being a good one. And then you go into this and you say, okay, he has an American mother which means he holds a U.S. passport, which means he's a domestic player and doesn't take up an international slot. Eric, if you were an MLS team, would you have a list of American players or at least domestic domestic eligible players playing around the world that you would track? Wouldn't you do that? I was going to say, isn't Jonathan Klinsman on the roster? That sounds like someone who may, you know, know that there's an American base in Germany with uh, dual nationals who's able to come and and take advantage of that loophole. We saw it happen with Jurgen Klinsman during his tenure with the U.S. national team. So it makes perfect sense that that would be something that MLS clubs would keep track of is international level players. Maybe maybe we lost you. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I just lost you. And I'm now I'm talking over each other and we're all sitting here wondering whether or not it's it's working or not. Um, But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it looks like Eric, you're freezing connection. So you can kind of take advantage of those loopholes because we know. uh, Yeah, it's it's fine. No, we 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 you're right. That is what you need to do. Um, You need to look at the at at how they go about these things and, and sort of what happens and all those, all those different things. But I'll tell you right now, and I can confirm this, the LA galaxy had that list of players that they are tracking that are domestic eligible, um, that can be come in and not take up, you know, international slots. So that's what they did here. And I, in my mind, this has been missing from the LA galaxy. It feels like in recent times, uh, but they went out and they did it and they got it done. It's funny that you have two goalkeepers now that are both named Jonathan, which means that if you put both uh, both Bond and Klinsman um, into a barrel and then rolled them down the hill, there would be a Jonathan on top the whole way down, um, which I think is an interesting way to look at. Um, <laughs> Where, what is, what, is that an old phrase? Like, <laughs> that's a that's a you, you've never heard that. Oh, that's a political joke. Um, and, okay. and the whole there and it's, it's off color, so I can't repeat it, but it's, if you, if you go and find it, yes, uh, there's a Jonathan on top of the whole way down. Um, they didn't the, use the Jonathan thing. I just thought I just added that part in. So anyway, sure. but we're talking about, we talked about Jonathan Klinsman as well. Um, and the reason that we can talk about them is that, um, Kevin confirmed and, and now I can, I can go ahead and extend this is that Jonathan Klinsman will resign with the LA galaxy. So if you're looking at signings that are going to be announced coming up, that seems like that's one of the ones that'll happen here in the next couple of weeks. I'm guessing who knows it could take all the way to May. I, I can't keep track of how they decide to when, when they do this. But one of the reasons that Jonathan Klinsman had his option declined is that it was rumored that he had a high second year. Um, or a high option year 
for him. Um, and so the LA Galaxy didn't want to play that or pay that option year. And if they didn't pay that option year, then they declined it. They could renegotiate that particular um that particular contract. So it seems like that's what has happened. Um, and Jonathan Klinsman looks like it'll be, so it'll be Jonathan Bond and Jonathan Klinsman, um, really sort of duking it out for that number one spot. I, I, let me be a little emphatic, emphatic about this is that, uh, Jonathan Bond is not coming in as the number one and Jonathan Klinsman is not coming in as the number one. They will figure out what happens between them. And one of those guys will probably be the starter for the LA galaxy. As it stands right now, Eric, that seems to be it. This seems to be your goalkeeping core. That's your number one and your bench guy. It's one of those. Jonathan will be on the bench. And Jonathan will be starting. Yeah. Uh, that that seems that it, that could change right now. But that's that's where we're at. Um. You know, with that. So, yeah. are, are you okay with that? <laughs> I think um, the one thing the that gets lost in the shovel here, Klinsman Bond, whichever one it is. More importantly, Bingham is out, and I think that is really where you're, the, the rubber is going to meet the road is because if you believed, uh, was it the defense or was it Bingham? This is going to say it, we're, we, it doesn't matter about the goalkeeper position. It's maybe is going to be a focus on the defense. I obviously have made it known. I wasn't necessarily uh, Bingham's number one fan. So seeing him go, I think uh, it's fair to test Klinsman and, and to bring in Bond and to see what else, who else you can plug in there. Cause I think, Bingham proved that to me that he just wasn't the answer. He wasn't the answer long term. He wasn't the answer short term. It just didn't, it just didn't seem like it, it was there with Bingham. I didn't see it with him. Uh, so it's exciting to bring in the new core. The, the one trepidation is you are getting, you know, a couple of backups go, you know, traditionally backups going for a starting spot, and that's the part that makes you nervous. Last time we had this experiment, and I think so, someone dropped it in the chat. Uh, the Carlo Cudicini experiment, you know, someone who was a bench on a European team and you think, well, you know, they were playing in Europe, but you know, they were on the scout team. This is a high level goalkeeper, you know, let's put them in the starting position. So that's the one thing that we've done before and it didn't turn out very well. So that's the one right. thing that scares me about bond is he was a backup, wasn't getting playing time. And I think with goalkeeping, if, if anything's proven, it's playing time, even if you're getting peppered with shots, is better than uh, than riding the bench. So that's the one thing that makes me nervous. But I think more importantly, Bingham's out. <laughs> and as right. horrible as that is to look at it that way, I think the focus, you know, let these guys fight for it. Let, let's have one of them earn it. I don't think you can get much worse than it did last year. You're, you're going to see an improved focus on the defensive line. And if you have an improved defensive line and improved tactics and improved defensive, you know, mindset, then, you know, Bingham, Bond, uh, Klinsman, it, it really doesn't matter. It's it's going to be, you know, more more schemed than the the player themselves. But it, Yeah, and, and Eric, you're cutting out again. That's okay. Um, no, if you look at the, the goalkeeper situation where the LA Galaxy are right now, um, really on that goalkeeper side, you have basically four keepers. I don't have uh, uh, Klinsman back on my list yet um, because he hasn't officially signed. But if you look, you have Eric Lopez, you have Justin Vom Stieg, you have Jonathan Bond, um, and then you're going to add Jonathan Klinsman to that as well. So that is four goalkeepers. Um, and so you're probably not going to get any more goalkeepers than that because I expect that some of those guys like Eric Lopez um, and then maybe Justin Vom Stieg spend a lot of time with LA Galaxy too. Um, but you know, those are that's the developmental side of things that you have to sort of look at here is if you have four goalkeepers on your roster, you're probably not going out and getting a fifth. Um, and so you have to keep in mind that it seems like, uh, at least from how I build rosters, 
yet leg galaxy are done with um, with goalkeepers. Um, so that's sort of where we sit um, in that goalkeeper side. And we'll see whether or not, um, you know, they come out. I can I, I don't know if I've done this, but I can break a little bit of news and it's not really that exciting, but it's at least something, Eric. It's at least a little a little bit more of something, um, which is that. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just like this little tiny tiny thing is uh, Jonathan Bond came from West Brom um, on a free transfer, so the LA Galaxy did not spend any money for him. It wasn't announced in any of the of, of the things. It's just it was uh, it was uh, I asked and and got an answer. Um, sometimes I figured that if it wasn't a free transfer, I wouldn't get an answer. So I was sort of waiting for that as well, because um, if there was any sort of money that changed hands, uh, I was also told. Um, that that deal happened very quickly. It's somebody that they had been monitoring. Uh, he was on a list of players, as we said. Uh, they sort of said, "Hey, maybe this is maybe it's time. Maybe we can go ahead and and get the um, and get uh, you know this keeper." And they reached out to West Brom, and West Brom, who is in 19th of 20 last time I saw, um, and it could be that uh, that they've even that they've gone lower or they've they've jumped higher. Um, but he has had. A uh, he's basically been released from his contract at West Brom and he wanted to come to L.A. And so that's how that works. So the L.A. Galaxy don't pay anything for him. So that makes you does that make you feel any better, Hammer, that you didn't even pay any money for, for him now? You just you're just yeah. paying a salary. Yeah, well, that's two things. You, you got him on a free transfer. That's one. And then two, you have someone who wants to come prove himself. So I think whenever you have someone who has that extra little fire to want to prove themselves. And when you look at the pedigree, you know, someone who was a. All right, and Eric's gonna. We're gonna have Eric hang up and then call back because he keeps jumping back out and and in. So uh, we'll get Eric back on and and see if maybe we can stabilize his internet connection. Um, it's probably because his kids have figured out how to how to stream um, all their games, and so they're going through that. So it, it's fine. We'll love. Uh, we'll national continue. with, uh, you know, with so, so one of those things that we we look at. Um, all right, so now you have Jonathan Bond, you have Jonathan Klinsman. We've gone through there. We told you David Bingham's not returning. We're doing all of that, okay? The roster now stands at 19 players, okay? So you have 19 players currently on it. Now, there are three young players who we expect have signed um, with the LA Galaxy, which would push this into the 22, um, but they have not announced those signings, and we're expecting Jurgen Klinsmann. Kl- I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, we're expecting Jonathan Klinsmann um, to also re-sign, so now we're into 23, um, players. So with 23 and seven spots open, um, that's where the LA Galaxy sort of sit there uh, with a designated player spot open, understanding that there's no backup right back slash starting right back. There's no um, there's no right midfield at this time, really, and not even a backup right midfield. I mean, you it, there's some holes to fill here and basically seven spots, uh, maybe a little more depending on who they send down to LA Galaxy too. And we've seen that a lot. All right. Can we get you back, Eric? Do you feel better? I, you know, I don't know what's going on. If I'm, I'm trying to do the stream, the the, the kids are, aren't even with me today. They're staying at the grandparents. So it's, I can't blame the iPads. I can't blame anything else. The internet should be good today. I don't know what's going on, but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I I turned it off and turn it back on again. Usually that does the trick. That that does it. Have you tried turning it on, and turning it back <laughs> off again? That's good. It's the it's the dogs. It's the dogs, and and I'll we'll blame go. the dogs. That's fair. There you go. Um, before we get to roster stuff to sort of finish this out, can we? You want to talk about uh, colors for kits just for a second? Do I? <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. You're, you're this like, is my bread and butter. I, why don't you? Why don't you say? I don't even need to talk about it. I mean, we. I have some news that I can say after you're done talking about this. Yeah. So don't ruin the part where I tell everybody the gotcha. good news. You can tell them about the colors though. 
yeah, so this is something that, barring that I don't freeze, is, is an exciting thing to share, is that um, Footy Headlines, which if you follow them, uh, you know, it's a pretty reliable source that when it comes to jersey leaks, uh, if you want to find out any jerseys that are leaking, they usually get that information before the general public releases that information. So they released that they have information on what the LA Galaxy 2021 away kit what the colors are going to be. And so the, uh, they got information from Adidas that the colors on the away kit are going to be black, tech green and white. And so when you ask what are, what is black tech green and white, if you look directly behind me, it's that 1997, 1998 colorway, uh, that teal green, and then the black, uh, and then of course white, you know, being it is what it is. I would have liked to seen yellow, but depending on whatever the design is, I'm curious to see how it's going to work. If it's going to be stripes, just like, uh, you know, the, the Jersey behind me, or, or if they're going to have a different take on it altogether, I'm excited. You know, I heard rumors, uh, from some people who maybe have been involved in the process, uh, because Adidas does reach out to the club and reach out to some fans to be involved in the process of deciding what the look is going to be on these jerseys. So I'd heard some rumors that a throwback style jersey was going to be coming soon. Uh, so it was exciting to see. I'd heard yellow, I'd heard green. So excited to see this colorway. I think this is something when you look at back at the original, you know, 96ers and the the early uh, or the late 2000, the late 90s, early 2000s, that teal was a big part of the club. So to see it come back, I think uh, it's an exciting thing. Yeah, it's, it is interesting to see that. Um, you know, I'd heard rumors of a throwback kit. I actually heard rumors of a third kit. Um, I will say that third kit rumors seem to be mellowing in terms of if that's a possibility. So um, right now it looks like the second kit is going to be, listen, if they come out with this and it's anywhere near what we are sort of used to in terms of that colorway and how it was sort of put together, Eric, um, I'm just going to tell you, just pre-order it when it comes out because there aren't yeah. going to be any of these. Um, this one feels like the one where, uh, you know, if you have kids and you want to buy that, that you, this is the one where you buy your kids jerseys. So that way when they're older, they have this one because, um, having, having seen, you know, the LA flag one, having seen, you know, the third kit black and golds, uh, which is really, really dark, 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 dark blue and gold. Um, if you want to get uh, a technical on it, um, and, and doing that, you can just tell that this one is shaping up and it, I, I don't know, I don't remember an excitement for this, for a, for a kit just from the colors, uh, for a very, very long time. This feels like it might be special. Well, well, the last one was the LA flag one. And, you know, going back to, to regret when that one first came out, uh, you know, even though it incorporated the older colors, I wasn't crazy about it. And then now looking back, it's like, you know, yeah, that's one that I wish, I wish I would have had, you know, it's one, it's one of those collector's items, especially some of the, uh, you know, and I've gone over this. If you've read my my jersey rankings that, that I've put up on the website, I think some of the performances in the jersey play a role in it. So that jersey that they wore, some of their performances wearing those jerseys were iconic. You know, away at Seattle, uh, you know, some right. some home games where they killed Chivas USA. I think that 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 plays a big factor in it. And so the same thing uh, with this jersey kind of holds a, a special place. This is one of you know you know, early galaxy teams that were dominant. These are the colors that they wore. So it kind of brings that little extra something. So it, it is very exciting. Yeah. It's uh, I, by the way, I acknowledge that the LA flag kit is a iconic kit for the LA galaxy. And I also acknowledge that I still don't like it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that, fair. That, that, yeah. I just, it's fine. I understand it. Uh, here's a little bit of information. I know a lot of people, weren't exactly thrilled with the 25th anniversary LA Galaxy home kit. Um, I have been told 
I don't have it 100% confirmed, but I feel this one's pretty good. It's good enough to tell you um, that the LA Galaxy will not only be getting a new second kit this year, they will be getting a new first kit as well. So you're going to get a new primary and a new secondary in 2021. I don't, I know there's people who just said, oh man, you know, if you're going to have to like cut the grass more and, you know, get some, some up in your allowance, because <laughs> with two kits coming out, I mean, stuff, you're going to probably want both of those. Um, I don't know what the colorway, I imagine the colorway stays relatively the same, um, but probably gets rid of some of the silver, perhaps of the 25th yeah. anniversary, well, which is silver anniversary. So yes. Yeah, and that that was one of the questions that I asked last year when it dropped was it because it's the 25th anniversary kit, is this a one-off or is this going to be the normal Adidas MLS cycle where they uh you know the the jersey stays for 2 years. So the the plan that I used to be on is you know when the jersey comes out, you that's your one jersey and then they rotate the next the away kit or the home kit the following season. It looks like you're going to get two brand new kits and then we'll see if the cycle continues. But it looks like that one was a one off. And so to your point, even though you may not have liked how it looks, it is a collector's item. It was a one you know the 2020 season whatever you you say, it was a unique season. So that does become a little bit of a of a uh, of a collector's item and, and to your point about some of the elements going away those same rumblings that i heard that a throwback was coming uh with old school colors i've also heard rumors from the same people who were involved in this process that the sash will be going away so uh oh. the sash was something that's been part of the galaxy's jersey identity i'm a fan of it i know not everyone's a fan of it but they are going to uh, move away from the sash at least temporarily well, the rebrand didn't have a sash in it, right? So there was no rebrand whenever they went, you know, in the in that 2007, yep. 2008, right? There was no sash. And the sash didn't return till 2012? 2012, yeah? Is that after they won the yeah. cup. Yeah. Okay, so so that's when you've, you've sort of seen the sash. So the sash has been around for a little while. Um, yep. So, hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all, uh, all ends up and how it all plays out, but that's what you're looking for. All right, uh, let's go over some roster stuff here to sort of finish things out. I know we got about... Eight or nine minutes or so, and we can we can call it. Um, you know, I sort of went over the the roster positions and where we're at in terms of filled. So currently, nineteen of thirty spots is is the actual who is signed as of right now and announced right now. Nineteen of thirty spots. So the LA Galaxy have eleven spots to fill. Um, four international slots are filled, which means there are four international slots available, which is really awesome when you consider that you have nineteen players. And you're only filling four international slots. Here's the other part that's awesome. Didi Traore is one of those international slots. And I don't necessarily know if I expect him to stay up with the LA Galaxy the entire year. Which means if he goes away, the LA Galaxy would have three of eight international slots filled. Lots of room to bring in some international talent for the LA Galaxy. And I imagine that they will be doing that. So that's one of the things. Um, we also talked about the designated players. Two designated player spots uh, are filled, leaving one open. We expect right now Christian Pavone fills that if they go out and get him, but somebody's going to fill that. It feels like the LA Galaxy have uh, enough understanding that they're going to go ahead and, and do that. Only two players right now on the roster take up targeted allocation money. Um, that's People Gonzalez and Sebastian Legette. That's your TAM players, and you have five players currently on the roster that are homegrowns. Uh, Efrain Alvarez, Eric Lopez, uh, Cameron Dunbar, uh, Jonathan Perez and um, Ethan Zubak are the homegrown players um, that I have on the LA Galaxy roster as of right now. Um, so that's where we stay with the LA Galaxy in terms of, you know, where they're at. Here's the thing that is, I, I think it should excite people. Um, 
is that there is, even with 11 spots left to fill, and we've talked about Jonathan Klinsman coming on, which would mean 10 spots left to fill and three others. So, you know, there's some maybe of seven or eight or nine spots that you still have to fill on this. Eric, it feels like looking at this, one, the LA Galaxy don't have a starting lineup. Uh, two is <laughs> that there is room to be able to do things that they want to do. It feels like they offloaded yeah. a bunch and they have some freedom there. Do you, do you get that same sort of idea? Yeah, that, that's the other side of the coin. The players that they have currently on the roster, it's I, we've gone over this, you know, because there hasn't been tons of moves. It, it, this is not a, a roster that strikes fear. You know, you think the players that they kept, maybe this isn't a good thing. But the other side of the coin, they have lots of international slots uh, left. You know, they have a lot of TAM to play around with. So you know that they're going to be able to splash some money. So if you, you look at Dennis DeClosa and you look at Greg Fanny and they want to build and they want to, you know, bring in some high level talent, they have the resources to do so. And that's all on top of the fact that they're the LA, you know, the LA galaxy in Los Angeles and Southern California, that's a desirable market for European superstars and for, uh, you know, other international, uh, superstars. So this is, this is, a a lot of potential. So it's one of those things where looking at the roster now, it, it's it's maybe not a great feeling. And, and so, you know, move ahead cautiously like, like I am. But at the same time, if they hit right, if, if, if they able, they're able to make decisions and bring in the, the level of talent that, that is possible that we've seen other clubs bring in, you know, maybe not, so, you know, other clubs recently, especially some of those expansion teams, the players they've been able to bring in, if we're able to bring some of those level of players uh, you know, from South America, from Europe, I, I think there's a lot of potential for the Galaxy to to bring in those right pieces and just give the time for Vanny and the players to gel uh, and to be successful. So it is exciting as of right now. Not too exciting, but there's a lot of potential for excitement, which is why this is the best time of the season. Uh, in, in terms of defenders and looking at starting lineups, uh, if you figure that one of the Jonathans is a goalkeeper, um, which certainly they should be, uh, the LA Galaxy have that position feel, filled. If you're talking about the back line, I consider that the LA Galaxy have four, four starting players. You have Viafania on the left, uh, you have People Gonzalez, you have Daniel Starez, you can flip-flop them however you want, um, and you have Julian Araujo. Nobody's going to argue with me that Julian Araujo is a starter on the right-back side. Nobody's going to argue with me that uh, Viafania is a starter at the left-back side. Uh, uh, people will argue with me that Dan Starrs or Pivo Gonzalez will, are, are, should be starters. And in my mind, with the amount of money and the number of uh, center backs that you have, you probably get to add one center back. He's probably more of a backup or maybe a borderline starter than it is just a straight up you're bringing somebody in to replace somebody else. Uh, Pivo Gonzalez is a targeted allocation money player. He better be playing. Um, otherwise, the LA Galaxy are absolutely wasting that money, um, just throwing it away and burning it. The only other thing you could do with people, Gonzalez, Eric, is you could trade him. Um, you could get him gone. There was rumors that uh, possibly uh, Aluolense were interested in him. Uh, I, I haven't seen that sort of play out, and and that's that yeah. sort of disappeared. So, but he, I don't he, know. he's telling. I think he he's telegraphed himself that that's the next move. That's where, you know, that's kind of like his home club. He that's, you know, where he's going to end up. That's where he's going to wrap up his career. So it's just a matter of time. Does that club, are they going to waste it? Uh, you know, trying to get him early or are they, they know he's coming once he becomes available. So why rush it? So I think that's just, it's just a matter of time. Yep. That's right. Uh, that's people Rivera for those, for the throwback <laughs> on the show um, for, for everybody who's there. Uh, so, so that's where you sit there. Uh, the LA Galaxy absolutely missing a right wing. They don't have one and they don't have a backup. So you're looking at two players that need to slide into that right wing at least 
Um, I'd love to have somebody who floats around in there. Uh, you have Jonathan Dos Santos, which is a starter. He'll play in the center of midfield. I do not have a defensive midfielder right now, unless you're going to tell me Sasha Kleshin is going to play every minute of every game, which he's not. Uh, then I think you're missing somebody in the center of midfield with Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, I think that you're going to need to bring somebody in. The guy who I would bring in is um, Perry Kitchen, and I would bring Perry Kitchen back. He is out of contract. Um, and, uh, let's see, I want to make sure that that's a hundred percent. Yeah. He's out of contract. Uh, so the LA galaxy gets to negotiate a new contract with them. Um, knowing and speaking to people, uh, Perry kitchen would be more than welcome to, to come back to the LA galaxy. I think he would like to come back to the LA galaxy. The number has to be right. And if not, he'll go somewhere else. And he is a, you know, sort of the journeyman MLS guy after he came back from, uh, from Scotland, he was in Scotland for a little bit. Yep. Uh, after he's come back from Scotland, he is um, he's a guy who would be wanted on other teams. Um, so I think yeah. if you put a fair contract in there, so that way he doesn't have to move, so that you get him for another two years. Uh, he doesn't take up an international slot, as Aaron has pointed out in the chat room. Um, so I would think that you bring back um, you bring back uh, Perry Kitchen, and that sort of solidifies for me a midfield. You have Perry Kitchen in there. You have Jonathan Dos Santos. You have Sasha Kleshin. You have Sebastian Legette. Um, in those areas. And then you have Efrain Alvarez, who's going to fill in some of those as well. So there's a lot of reasons to believe that the LA Galaxy have a midfield that they can they can work around. But you still need a right wing and a right wing backup. And that, you, have to, you have to fix that problem. I'll, I'll push back a little bit because you just named the Galaxy midfield that we just saw this season and just subtracting Joe Corona and, and it wasn't, wasn't great. And that's granted that Jonathan was out with injury. Uh, so I think there's still you know, you still need, you know, that another midfield piece in there. I think when you think about Jonathan Dos Santos, I see him working best as that, that CDM hanging back more defensively. So I think bringing someone up to work with legit, you know, to be playing more attacking, I think that's the type of guy that they need to look for. Not necessarily another defensive midfielder. If they can get Perry kitchen, it's all about price. If the price is right uh, again, domestic player, I think he, he played well last season, uh, but the galaxy as constructor right now, it's the same midfield that they had last season minus some players and they weren't successful. So I, I think they do need, uh, they need someone in the middle to pull the strings. Yeah, there is, um, there's rumors of, of perhaps an addition in there as well. So, um, we'll see. I, I don't have names. We talked about Victor Vasquez, I think, on the last show, um, just as somebody who had mentioned that possibly he'd want to go play for Greg Vanny again. Um, you are going to get some of those guys who want to come down and play for Greg Vanny. So perhaps that's an option in the center midfield. But I think he's 33 years old. So you're not exactly, you know, yeah. Sasha Kleshin and Victor Vasquez. You have both of those guys there. I mean, you know, they can each play a half, I guess, if, if you really want to. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing with Sasha Kleshin is he's not a 90 minute player and you can't expect him to play, you know, every other day. And if that's going to be the format, then he's not going to be as useful to you as a guy who could come in and play third, the last 30 minutes of a game whenever you need to control things or, you know, find a goal or that type of thing. Sasha Klesch can be super useful. He just wasn't able to be used that way during yeah. a pandemic playing every other day and with, you know, some of the players that they had in the center of midfield. So um, they have some they have some stuff. You're right. And it's a right. It's rightfully to call me out for that. They need to do something in the center of midfield to change things from to make them different than what they were. Um, I also think possibly with some better tactics at that midfield will be better as well. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the last one, uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, uh, Chicharito up top uh, will be the starter for the LA Galaxy. I mean, I don't I hope that's not controversial. Um, <laughs> 
I don't I, the, I almost don't know how to approach this on this podcast, Eric. You tell me if you think I'm I'm being but it doesn't look like Chicharito and his wife are exactly getting along being they're currently in different countries. I, I, I don't it's it, it's it's like a rumor that's out there and certainly been and then Chicharito's sort of already putting on the revenge body. So I I it, to me it feels like yeah, you're like I'm not touching this one. No, no, this I'm touching it 100% because this is the off-season show. There's no games. We're going to talk jerseys. We're going to talk video games, and we're going to talk Instagram drama. I think okay. <laughs> if, if, if you've been reading kind of between the lines, Chicharito and his wife uh, and the Mexican tabloids have been all over it that, you know, they didn't spend Christmas together. It doesn't seem like, you know, they have that familiar marriage going on right now. So it seems like she is out of the country. She has the kids with her. Chicharito seems to be at home heavy focus on working out he's running every day he's you know showing off his diet shows what, what he's eating it, it seems and again we're we're, we're not going to cast judgment on anybody for what it is but it, it seems like maybe there was a lot of stress going on in his life possibly stress going on in his marriage and it may have contributed to what we saw you know the end product be on the field uh, maybe what his body looked like a little bit and I think we're seeing someone who like you said has a bit of a revenge bod has a lot to prove uh, you know is aware of what people are were saying about him and is making a conscious effort I, I got into this a little bit this week on on Twitter as well you know every time the galaxy posts Chicharito posts he's saying something positive about the team positive about the coach he's welcomed every signing so this is someone who who's bringing a new level of focus and and a and being locked in to the 2021 season, uh, you you can you can cast your doubt on him for not necessarily bringing it when he first arrived last season, but this season it look he looks like a changed person and someone who's going to be out for revenge and do something different. I, you know, I'm a big believer in what the Instagram tells you a big story, and I think that the Instagram tells you that you're you're going to see you're going to see something different from Chicharito this year. It feels. It feels that way. I don't know. At least he is he is projecting that aura around him, which is better than the aura of I had one too many Twinkies. Um, yeah. So having having said <laughs> that, like it, it, yeah, it feels more positive. We're going to see. Greg Vanny understands what Chicharito is. Uh, Greg Vanny understands what he needs to do to get Chicharito in positions to score. Uh, if Chicharito is in shape and able to do that and is focused, I mean... The LA Galaxy could be at the precipice of a resurgent Chicharito who goes in and just tears MLS a new one. It is absolutely a possibility because he has the ability to score goals. We know that. Uh, you need to put him in the right position. You need to do all those things. You know, is it hopeful at this point? Yeah, but it's the offseason. Everything's hopeful. I mean, right now, any roster can win an MLS Cup. And as David Bingham once said, yeah, I expect that we're going to play for an MLS Cup. So there, that's, I mean, you know, and that was preseason and they didn't. So, you know, I think they missed the playoffs there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, you know, that's how you look at it is you look at it and say, OK, there's some holes in this roster for sure. But with the space available, I think you should be hopeful. Now, as that space gets filled, you can be cynical again. I think that's that's perfectly fair. Yeah. But the LA Galaxy have a roster where they're able to build and do things. So I think that's where I'll I'll cut off the roster debate for now. We have lots of time still in the offseason to talk about rosters, and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, well, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about uh, what Liga Liga G96. Is that what did I get it right? I was going to say, don't act like you don't know. Don't play coy with me, Guessman. Uh, it's Liga G96, so you're absolutely right. Uh, season three, because we're in the off season, we're missing soccer. Uh, you know, this is our, our 
PlayStation FIFA League that was started uh, in the at the beginning of the pandemic kind of blew up. Uh, started with six teams. There are now eleven teams. Uh, so now over a hundred players. You know, there's people streaming the games. There's teams who have come up with jerseys. So there's multiple teams now. You can buy their jerseys. That, so it's just turned. It's kind of grown into this this crazy thing. And and the Corner of the Galaxy website uh, is hosting a lot of that information. So the schedule dropped. Season three is going to start on January twenty fourth, which is a Sunday. Uh, and then from there on, there'll be a game at least every week and then some uh, midweek games as well. There's going to be some of them the broadcast on what we call GSPN uh, for your Galaxy uh, sports <laughs> programming network. Uh, and there's going to be some people calling the games. We're in some negotiations to get some podcasters to pop- possibly call a game. So uh, you might be expecting a text here soon. Uh, to broadcast one of these games there's awards you know the, there's the winning team uh, gets assigned galaxy jersey or the mvp gets assigned galaxy jersey the team gets a a, tr- a trophy and la galaxy jerseys a golden boot winner gets some things defensive player of the year it's just it's turned into this whole thing so if you want more information on it you know shout out to the community it's bringing galaxy fans together it's a lot of fun i've joined a new team i'm now part of the the Baracheks. Uh, team Cosmo has now disbanded and kind of spread out around the league. So there's there's free agent drama. It, it's all it's it's just a lot of fun. So I encourage you to go to the Corner of the Galaxy website, click on the Liga G page, check out the schedule, follow them on Twitter, which is at Liga G underscore ninety six. And I'm I'm having a lot of fun with that. I wasn't able to necessarily dedicate a lot of time to it for season two, but season three uh, looks like players are, are are really excited. There are some people who bought the game just so they can be a part of the league. And and that's what it's all about. It's, you know, you get on the banter, you talk with one another and have a lot of fun and, and brings, brings that community closer. So big shout out to league of G. And if you've been following, continue to follow, ch- check out the website. All right. Very cool. Uh, big shout out to Francisco Reyes for a little super chat in there. Thank you, Francisco. Appreciate that. Always great. And uh, I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Eric, tell people where they can find you. We're gone. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You could also find me on Instagram at The Professional Foul. That's at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at J Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All of our articles are there. All of our fun stuff, including podcasts, uh, videos, all that stuff, right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. Lots more off season shows to come. Another show on Monday night will be coming out, so make sure you check that out. Uh, And then back here on next Thursday for a live show. Live shows, Thursday, 8 p.m., pretty much every Thursday. All right, for Eric the Portuguese Hammer Beer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at galaxypodcast.com. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.